This is the Rich Lion Leadership Podcast, episode 68. Here we go. What's up, everyone? This is Blake and Peter, and welcome back to the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers aspiring leaders to identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. We are here today with episode 68, and we are talking about actions that we can take that will continue our growth and keep us on a successful trajectory. So, Blake, why don't you just go ahead and just kick us off with the first one? Yeah, so... Five actions of a scaling leader. The first one is we need to learn relentlessly. Hmm. I love learning. Now, I want to start with the fact I hated learning when I was younger. Hated it because I associated learning with doing something that I didn't enjoy doing instead Hmm. of being taught what learning really was. Okay, learning is not just read this curriculum book to understand. And that's the way that we grow. Um, Learning is so much deeper. Now, there is a common uh, thing said in leadership that leaders are readers. And I highly agree with this. So the first thing I'd say about learning is that you need to be a reader. Now, don't be like, yeah, but I hated reading in high school. I read like three books in my whole high school career. Today, I read anywhere from 60 to 80 books a year. You can read by listening. Okay, this is, we've constantly tried to give permission for Audible and for people, like, if you think you have to read physically the book for it to count, I don't know what counting means, okay? (laughs) Because I've thought that learning is about acquiring information and testing things out and growing as a person and challenging thoughts. Uh, if it's not, then what I'm doing is not learning and we can just ignore this whole step. Okay. <laughs> but I am all about reading being whatever it needs to be. Okay. So there are times like I'll read a bunch of books. And if there is one that's more technical in nature or where I'm like, man, I read through this one pretty quick listening wise. I think I need to dig into it a little more. I will buy a physical copy. I'll I'll get my hands on it. I'll mark it up with writing all over it. But it is it is whatever I need it to be. Mortimer Adler wrote a book called uh, How to Read a Book. And it was a fantastic book. And one of the things that I pulled out of it, though, that helped me like um, not get stuck was the fact that you didn't have to finish a book. That mm-hmm. some books, it's good enough just to open up and read the table of contents and gather what it has to say. And if something grabs your attention, go to that chapter and read it. Other books are meant to be hey, you know, I'm going to read the first paragraph and and the last paragraph in each chapter. And you go and you do that and you try to get the highlights. And a lot of people don't like this. They think it's cheating. Again, I don't know what it is that people think that this is supposed to be about. Right. Okay, 
Will they get every bit of information? No, probably not. Will they miss some stuff? Probably. But I'm also not going to be able to read an entire book and take away every bit of information. Right. Hey, I'm not going to be able to log it that way. So there are a lot of people that have their own rules about reading. Screw those. Do your own. Okay. It's your life. Okay. Learning relentlessly when it comes to reading, that's, that's your call. Okay. But if you're doing nothing, if you're not getting any information, if you're not challenging your thoughts, if you're just growing in what you've always believed and just firming that up, then I'd push back and say that you're not being a leader. Okay. Leaders are readers and you're going to have to define that your own. Okay. Um, Another is just any external type of teaching. Podcasts are great. I love podcasts. They're quick slaps to the face when you need them. They're high level thoughts from people that they don't want to write a book, but they have really good information. Yeah. That's great. Like I, I listen to podcasts about almost every different type of topic and I love it. It keeps me well-rounded. It keeps me questioning and thinking about things. Uh, another's going to conferences or seminars or stuff like that. That's, that's a good one. It's a really good immersive way to learn. Um, you're just completely thrown into the pool of this type of information and you're challenging and you're trying to grow in this stuff. Um, that's a really good one. And then just any kind of peer learning um, or just teaching, you know, there's when you're able to let down your pride and let people speak into your life, you will be amazed by what you can get. Okay. Um, and then kind of going on outside of the peer would be any kind of mentorship or coaching. Try to get that stuff in your life. If it, if that's in your life, use it. Okay. Yeah. Use it. If you are just expecting and I'm speaking to people as you as you're getting taught here, okay? And as you're being mentored and being coached, if you think it is the job of the coach and the mentor to fix you, you're, you're completely missing it. Yeah. So, uh, we've said over and over about how um, Archimedes' quote of you know, with a lever long enough and a firm foundation, I can move the world. Yep. You're the person moving the world. The long lever is your ability to leverage what you uniquely have, the firm foundation, the platform. That's the coach. Okay. They're not doing much. They're, they're just there to help, to guide, to help you see things you can't see. If you think it's their job to make you disciplined, to make you, you know, take risks, to make you if, do any of these things, you're wrong. Okay. And so in love, you're wrong. So just push on, use your coach, use your mentor. They're there to help you and develop you. Um, another thing that I think a scaling leader has to learn in the, like in this whole learning relentless is, is emotional intelligence. Become a learner of people. I'll tell you the, the people I'm around, the leaders that I'm around that are way far beyond where I'm at right now in my current ecological growth, they are learners of people and they are good at it. And they are, they have that emotional intelligence where they know the emotional status of themselves. So this is the second part is being a learner of yourself. If you think you're perfect already, you're not going to be a great leader. Okay. So learning, Hey, why did I respond like that? Why did I yeah. grow in anger instead of being like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just shove it down. It won't happen again. I'm, I'm really good at fixing me really quick. You're not. 
You've been like this for however old you are, for however many years you are, and you haven't fixed it. It's time to start working on it. Okay. If, if you just all of a sudden something that triggers you happens and you just go off the deep end, that might be one to start with. Okay. Maybe we start looking into why did I do that? I need to be a learner of self. I need to be a learner of people. Uh, you need to discipline yourself to, and push yourself. So like, I, I think this is one that we don't think about because we're just like, oh, I just need to grow like a flower. Flowers are beautiful. They're, they're frilly. They're petally. I think that's a word. Um, <laughs> but petally. there is there's a reality that our growth comes from discipline, from tension. What we're pushing onto our own life to cause us to grow. I don't go to the gym and just grab air weights and just start lifting. You know, I, I have to add tension to my life. I have to add tension to what I'm doing. Very similarly, if you just say, man, I just want to be a morning person and you don't set an alarm, you're not doing anything to discipline yourself. Right. They okay, set 40 alarms and you want to get up at six o'clock, 6 a.m., set one at six, set one at 602, set one at 603. So one is 604, you know, like creating this discipline in your life to grow is going to make you so much better. You know, I, I don't remember who said this, but our ability to succeed is in direct proportion to our ability to be uncomfortable. Are you willing to be uncomfortable? Yeah. If you are not, you're probably not going to succeed in whatever you're wanting to grow in in life. Okay. so. Sounds harsh, but discipline, don't see it like this negative word about like what happened to us when we broke rules as a child, even though that is like it helps you understand it. Discipline is something we've got to lean into. Okay. Then the last one I would say of being a learner and understanding what it is to be a learner is just to be in constant breakthrough. I'll tell you what, and I didn't realize this till recently. But being in constant breakthrough is very attractive, mm. very attractive. People want to be around people who are in constant breakthrough. Yeah. Why are we so drawn to influencers? Why are we so drawn to people on the internet who are doing unbelievable things? Like, and, and I don't know that they are, but who knows? Like, good for them. We're attracted to it, though, because it's something we want to be be in constant breakthrough and you will attract the best clients. You'll attract the best people in your life. It's a, it's a really good thing to be. So number one, learn relentlessly. I, I think before we jump into number two, just I had a thought as you were talking there about constant breakthrough too. Not only is it really attractive to others, it, it, it almost creates this momentum for you as a leader too. And as an individual, I think back to the moments when I'm in that breakthrough and I'm, when I'm developing something and I'm really excited about it, it is, it, it just kind of keeps moving. Right. And mm -hmm. you can keep moving as a leader and keep growing and keep developing a lot quicker if you're in that mode than if you're just going, well, I just need to learn and I'm just going to do it. You know, if yeah. you're in that constant breakthrough, it's going to help with that momentum and movement as well. So um, number two, methodically design. So, when Blake and I were laying this out, we actually went back and forth on this several times on what to what to term or call this 
this um, this action. And we came up with methodically designed because we feel like, first of all, planning is not only overused, um, but personally for me, I feel like it's very flat. It's sterile. very, it, it is very sterile. It's also very limited, right? When we say plan or planning, it limits our, uh, uh, the way that we think, right? But when we say design and especially methodically design, it changes our perspective. At least for me, it does. It changes my perspective on how I think about this. And what we're talking about is designing out your week, your goals, your month, your year, whatever time frame you want to put on that. Um, and I would recommend at least doing it every week um, on top of doing it every month and every year, like get those goals in place so that you can methodically see, we said that there, methodically move forward, but take the time to design the way that you're going to move forward. Right. And this can be in, in different formats. It doesn't have to be, there's a lot of people out there that I've talked to who are like, man, I need a written book in my hand and I've got to write everything down. And that's the way that I think. And then I've talked to other individuals who say to me, I can't stand the thought of writing something down, but I've got this app or I've got this thing on my, on my phone that I use, or I just use the notes, whatever works for you. And sometimes it's going to take some time to adjust and figure out what works. It can be anything, but create that design, create the design for your week, create the design for your goals, for your organization, for your team, put those things into play, create that, that design. Um, and this is not, this is not just reacting either. This is intentional upfront before a situation comes up, sitting down and going, okay, this is what my week looks like. Here are the steps I'm going to take. Here are the goals that I need to hit. Um, here are the big items that I'm working on. And that's your big push, right? That's your design for your week. When those things come up that require reactions and they will, they fit in with that. They're going, you're going to have to, right? But they're not they're not how you structure your day and your life and your week and your year, right? That's just reaction. We don't structure around reaction. We structure around a design. Um, I, I keep going back to, we do electrical work and my brain, when we think of methodically designing something, my brain immediately goes to a set of blueprints. Someone sat down and they drew out every detail they could think of, of how this building was supposed to be and how everything was supposed to be installed and where the items were supposed to go. And if we go in and say, you know what, screw that design, we're just going to do whatever the hell we want, then we're not going to come up with a, with a product that is the end result that's been desired. That's why that plan is so important. That design is so important to have so that we know what to follow and where to install things. And when those uh, those reactions come up when things need to be adjusted. It's a lot simpler to adjust than it is to go, well, I don't have any plan anyway. So let's just jump off and do that and hope that we'll come back to the original course. So number two, methodically design. And with that, like in that design, this is life design too. Like a good leader is a balanced leader. And so your ability, like Pete was saying, to design the, that life holistically is so important. Yeah. And one thing that I think is important here, when you design and when a designer creates something, even blueprint-wise a lot of times, the thing that actually comes out is not the exact rendering of whatever the design was. That's true. That's okay. But I'll tell you, I don't look at a, like blueprints of a, a sky-rise, beautiful, multifamily building 
and then look over to what actually was built and see a Burger King. (laughs) I don't see that. Okay. You get closer, the more you design, the more you add these details, the closer you get to the actual vision of your heart. And I think that the more we try to do that and the more we're constantly methodically designing the life we want and then spending time, uh, we'll just go a lot further than, than what we would have if we would have just let it happen on accident. Okay. Yeah. Which kind of takes me to the third one, which is analyze often. Okay. So when we have these designs, these plans, these things we want to do, we have to have some kind of process in place. And I know this is like, why does, why is this part of the, you know, the five actions every scaling leader needs or, well, it's because if you don't pay attention and check that the design is actually moving forward yes, and that you are actually taking little by little, these steps that'll get you there, you won't. Okay. Very, 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 very few people get to somewhere that they wanted to be on accident. Okay. Everyone gets somewhere, but some people get there on purpose and we want to be one of those people. Okay. So this is why when we analyze that often and have a review process in place personally for our professional, for our family, for our, like what I I should have a plan for my family. I want to have the most fulfilling family life I can possibly have. So yes, I do. I, I talk, I will analyze or not. Yeah. Analyze and review my weekly review. And I'll, I'll even look at like, you know, one of my daughters, did I, did I spend time with her much this week? Like what was, what were the interactions I had? Were they real superficial? Were they deep? Did we just enjoy each other's presence? What was that like? And I'll work through that. And if I'm like, Ooh, I didn't, I didn't hang out with Eleanor at all. I need to really make sure I spend some time with her this week. And, and then I, I plan, right? I designed that week yeah. to make sure I incorporate something like that. That may seem silly, but it is so impactful when you get to spend that moment. You designed it. You planned it. Does not sound sexy. I get that. But you know what's really impactful is when I'm spending time with my daughter, Eleanor, and she looks up with that smile on her face mm-hmm. and my heart wells up because I know I'm impacting her in that moment. Then I don't yeah. care. That plan is just a tool to get there. Me constantly analyzing my weeks and reviewing them are, are what create my years. Okay. If you don't analyze the weeks, you don't analyze the days, you don't analyze the months, your, your years are just going to pass by you. Okay. So get there on purpose. Okay. We're looking for at our successes, our failures, things I did professionally, things I did in relationally, what worked, what didn't work. And guess what? We talked about learning people. There are some things that work with such and such a person that don't work with the other person. Yep. Well, I've got to learn. I've got to analyze. It worked with them. It did not work with them. I need to make sure I balance this. Yep. So that's the third one is analyze often. Number four. Of course, I'm going to say this one. Develop the culture. Okay. It is about the environment that we are in. See about the environment you're creating for those that are following, for those that you're leading. Okay. So that means we're empowering the team. Okay. We are constantly trying to empower our team to do that, which they uniquely are great at. I want to empower them. I want to make sure that they have the ability, the resources to do what they need to do. I want to make sure that they have clear 
communication and understanding about what they need to do. Yeah. Right. I want to have a culture where they can ask questions, where we can collaborate, where we can challenge one another, where they understand what is expected of them. Right. Unclear expectations are nothing more than premeditated resentments. So making sure that I have clarity Mm -hmm. and in my communication with them, but also how do they receive information? How do they receive it? Because if they don't receive it the way you're trying to jam down their throat, then you're not growing the culture. You're growing your desire to do what's easiest for you. The leader does what's not, not what's easiest for them, but what is most empowering for others. Mm, yeah. So don't be about just what you want. Be about what's best for the team, what's best for the culture, what's best for everyone altogether. Mm. Okay. So that's really important. Because you're going to want to hold people accountable. And you should. We just did a whole podcast on accountability and how to hold people accountable accountable without destroying the culture. Listen to it. Okay. Very impactful. But when we go and we hold people accountable, if we haven't made sure they have the ability to do it, that we haven't given clear expectations and we're not communicating well, we're going to get nowhere. Okay. So develop the culture. So important. Please don't not develop. Yeah, absolutely. Number five, this one for me is a, is an area that I have been working on personally. It's a tough one for me growing up. My background says not to do this. Um, but that is number five is take risks. Um, man, this is, this is a tough one because as leaders, we want to, we've got a lot of responsibility and we have a lot of weight on our mind of the people that we're leading, the projects that we're overseeing, uh, the organizations that we're working in. There's a lot of, of weight and heaviness there. And it's easy, again, easy, right? Um, it's easy for us to say, well, we're going to take the safe road. We're not going to take risks. We're just going to follow this plan we've created. Well, sometimes that's not going to work. Sometimes that's going to keep us from success. Taking risks creates opportunity um, it, it, this helps our decision-making process too, right? So as we take risks, it opens up more paths. Excuse me. Maybe we've never made this decision before and we come across it and now we go, well, the safe decision is not to do anything. And the risky decision is to jump into something. We know 80% of it and it could be an awesome success, but there's also a part of it that could fail. We'll jump in, Right. Next time you come across a situation like that or a decision-making moment, you're going to be a lot more uh, apt and willing to take the riskier method and potentially open up incredible opportunities that you never would have seen or known about had you not taken that risk, right? Um, T.S. Eliot said, only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far they can go. I know, right? I read that and I went, well, Damn. Okay. Go. <laughs> that was good. I don't know what my limits are. I, mm. Frankly, I don't. Yeah. And and that's a good thing in some areas. That's a really good thing. It means that I have opportunities out there that I don't even know about, and I should be excited to jump into those moments and say, "Well, you know what? There's a possibility that I could find my limit on this one, but there's also a possibility I'm not going to find my limit, and I can just keep going and growing and succeeding." That's awesome, right? Trying these new ideas also encourages creativity, not just amongst yourself, but among your team and the people around you. They 
seeing you being willing to take a risk gives them the freedom to take that risk as well. And then come out with maybe they've got a really great idea that they've been holding back because it may sound a little bit off the wall. Well, if you're willing to take a risk, they're willing to. And maybe that idea is something that's going to change the course of this project or the organization or whatever it is that you're working on. Giving them that opportunity, encourage that, that creativity. Um, and like I said before, it opens us up to more opportunities and it increases resilience. Mm. If you take a risk and you fail and you get back up and move again, you're going to remember that the next time an opportunity comes up and it's risky. You're going to go, you know what? I took a risk. Yeah, we failed, but we're still here. We're still moving forward, right? Let's keep that moving and keep that moving. The more you do, the more resilient you'll be, the more you can bounce back from those situations. And the more you can then take another risk that may and probably will lead to some sort of opportunity or success. So we've talked about these five actions, right? We've talked about our growth mindset before on this podcast. We know we should always be growing and learning. Actions taken by a leader will drive the success of your organization, the team, and really even the leader themselves. So keep these five in mind. One, learn rel relentlessly. Two, methodically design. Three, analyze often. Four, develop the culture. And five, my personal difficulty, <laughs> take risks. Thank you guys so much for joining us this time on the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast. See you guys next time. Also, we'd like to thank our very own Luke Van Tress, a.k.a. Mr. Boxes, for our kick-ass original theme song.